Hi everyone, welcome back to the MetBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast. In today's episode, we cover the topic of desmoid tumors, found under the oncology section at MetBullets.com. Let's begin with a clinical snapshot. A 35-year-old man presents to his primary care physician after noticing a mass in his mid-abdomen. He denies any recent trauma to the abdomen, nausea, vomiting, or changes in his bowel habits. He says that the mass is not painful, but causes mild abdominal discomfort. His father had colon polyps that required prophylactic removal of his colon. On physical exam, there is a firm and oblong mass in the epigastric region that is not painful to palpation. An MRI of the abdomen demonstrates an intra-abdominal mass. He undergoes surgical removal, and pathology demonstrates spindle cells with abundant fibrous stroma that is concerning for a desmoid tumor. Let's continue with an introduction to desmoid tumors. As a general overview, remember that this refers to slow-growing, locally aggressive fibroblastic tumors associated with the high rate of recurrence despite complete resection. But remember that these have no metastatic potential. In terms of the epidemiology, these are very rare and account for about 0.03% of all neoplasms. In terms of the location, They tend to appear on the trunk or extremities, on the abdominal wall, or they may be intra-abdominal, such as in the bowel and mesentery, although this is predominant in familial adenomatous polyposis. Risk factors include familial adenomatous polyposis, Gardner syndrome, high estrogen states such as during pregnancy, and antecedent trauma. In terms of the pathobiology, remember that the APC gene and beta-catenin appear to be involved. In terms of the genetics, there may be mutations in the Wnt signaling that is thought to play a role. Moving on to the presentation, common symptoms may include a painless or minimally painful mass. There may be intestinal obstruction that can lead to nausea and vomiting, and patients may develop bowel ischemia, which may present with abdominal pain. On exam, desmoid tumors can occur at any body site. There may be a mass on abdominal palpation, which is typically non-tender. There may also be a breast mass in breast desmoids, but this is rare. In terms of further imaging, cross-sectional imaging with CT or MRI is indicated to visualize the mass affecting a designated part of the body. However, desmoids do not have a characteristic imaging finding and are hard to distinguish from malignant soft tissue tumors. In terms of further studies, histology may be performed with an incisional biopsy. This is to obtain much more tissue than a core needle biopsy. Findings may include monoclonal fibroblastic proliferations, such as spindle cells with abundant fibrous stroma. In terms of the differential, make sure to think about keloids, with differentiating factors being that these will be painful and pruritic, and they do not spontaneously regress. In terms of treatment, non-operative options include observation. This is indicated in asymptomatic patients who can reliably be followed. Another option is radiation therapy. This is indicated in patients who are not surgical candidates, those who refuse surgery, and in patients with significant surgical morbidity after resection. Operative options include complete surgical excision. This is indicated for resectable extra-abdominal or abdominal wall desmoids. Complications related to desmoid tumors include death. Remember that if the desmoid tumor grows in vital structures and organs such as the bowel, it can directly cause compression or disruption of the organ function. 
And lastly, with regards to prognosis, remember that the natural history of the disease is variable, and most are progressively growing over time and may have growth arrest or spontaneously regress. Prognostic variables include familial adenomatous polyposis, as most of these desmoid tumors tend to recur at surgical sites. Another prognostic variable is infiltration to vital organs, as it can result in death even though it is a histologically benign tumor. Now that we've discussed the major points relating to desmoid tumors, let's walk through a question to apply what we've learned and get a sense of how the topic might be tested. For this question, consider the following clinical scenario. A 23-year-old woman presents to her primary care physician for an abdominal mass noted approximately three days ago. She denies any abdominal pain, nausea, vomiting, or change in bowel habits, and is eating and drinking well. Approximately six months ago, she had an abdominal mass that was surgically removed in the left anterior abdominal wall. Her father has a medical history of having many polyps that required prophylactic resection of his colon. Her temperature is 99 degrees Fahrenheit, or 37.2 degrees Celsius. Blood pressure is 120 over 80. Pulse is 80 beats per minute, and respirations are 16 breaths per minute. On physical exam, there is a 2 by 3 centimeter firm oblong mass in the left anterolateral abdominal wall that is non-tender to palpation. Which of the following is the most likely diagnosis? And the answer choices are... Choice 1. Adhesive small bowel obstruction. Choice 2. Colorectal cancer. Choice 3. Desmoid tumor. Choice 4. Lipoma. Or choice 5. Primary gastrointestinal lymphoma. The best answer to this question is... Choice 3. Desmoid tumor. This patient's painless firm abdominal mass, previous surgical resection of an abdominal mass, and family history concerning for familial adenomatous polyposis are concerning for a desmoid tumor. Desmoid tumors are locally aggressive fibroblastic tumors that have a high rate of tumor recurrence despite complete resection. Desmoid tumors can develop anywhere in the body. However, the three most common sites are the abdominal wall, intra-abdominal structures, and the trunk and extremities. Familial adenomatous polyposis, Gardner syndrome, and high estrogen states are risk factors for developing desmoid tumors. A cross-sectional CT or MRI is performed to further evaluate the mass and its spatial relationship with surrounding structures. However, there are no distinct radiographic findings to suggest a desmoid tumor. A biopsy of the tumor confirms the diagnosis and demonstrates monoclonal fibroblastic proliferation with typically few mitotic figures and absent necrosis. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice 1. Adhesive small bowel obstruction can present with nausea, vomiting, abdominal cramping, and obstipation when prolonged. Abdominal auscultation is notable for high-pitched sounds. Abdominal masses found can be suggestive of volvulus or abscess. Choice 2. Colorectal cancer can present with hematochesia or melana, fatigue, and or changes in bowel habits. Choice 4. Lipoma presents as a soft and painless subcutaneous nodule. This patient has a firm nodule that has recurred despite the resection of a previous abdominal mass. Choice 5. Primary gastrointestinal lymphomas can present with abdominal pain, change in bowel habits, 
severe weight loss if it is found in the small intestine, and melana or hematochesia if it is found in the colon. Finally, a bullet summary. Desmoid tumors are locally aggressive tumors that are usually painless and recur despite complete surgical excision. That's all for this review about desmoid tumors. We hope that was helpful. This is the MedBullets Step 2 and 3 podcast, a daily audio review session for MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. As a reminder, you can follow along with these podcast episodes by reviewing the topics directly on MedBullets.com. You can listen to these episodes on the MedBullets website or phone app while reading through the topic. If the MedBullets podcast has been valuable to you, we'd be thrilled if you consider leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here, on the MedBullets Step 2 and 3 podcast.